0: This is Healthcare Strategies.
1: Hello, and welcome to Healthcare Strategies. I'm Jill McKeon, Assistant Editor for Health IT Security. Medical device security is a top priority for many healthcare IT professionals today, especially considering recently discovered software vulnerabilities in medical devices that may pose risks to patient safety. So today, our guest is Elizabeth Butwin-Mann, America's Life Sciences and Health Cybersecurity Leader at EY, who is here to talk with us about some of today's most pressing medical device security challenges and how healthcare organizations can mitigate risk. So hi, Liz. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Jill. How are you? Good. So I was wondering if we could start by just giving a high-level overview of some of the biggest security challenges surrounding medical devices today. Yeah, you know the medical
0: device security landscape similar to any connected devices today is subject to some risk exposure one of the challenges in particular to medical devices is that there are a lot of devices of different ages that are out there in patients and in provider communities some of which are patched some of which are not some of which can't be patched so the landscape overall is a bit of a challenge. And as you and I have discussed before, you know one of the problems with implanted medical devices is the disconnect between the patient and the provider institution that implanted the device to begin with. So we don't always know where those devices are if we can patch them. So it's, it's tricky. The devices are out there. They're of different ages. There is an exposure and there is a path in provider institutions to leverage some of this connected equipment as a path into the network and potential to do damage inside of an organization. Definitely.
1: And going off of that, why might bad actors see medical devices as worthy targets for cyber attacks? What makes them more vulnerable than other network entry points?
0: So I think it's really a question of what do I have that others might want, right? That's really at the heart of the question. It's one of the ways we explore who are the threat actors that might be interested in something that I have under management. So the same would be held true in the case of medical devices when we think about, you know, what is it that a threat actor might be interested in? And I think that those vectors are several. One of the situations would be if the threat actor really wanted to create some harm, right? To really impact the health of a population. We thankfully haven't seen that kind of major impact, but it's reasonable to expect that someone might be interested in that. So that's scary to us, right? Anybody who represents a healthcare institution, first and foremost, is always patient safety. So if there's a threat to patient safety, we would be extremely concerned. But there are other reasons why a threat actor might come after these devices. One of those reasons could be to access the hospital network, for example, or the network on which that device exists. Any path into a network is a path where a threat actor could potentially land on a network, gain access to other services, potentially take personal data, healthcare information, interrupt the functionality of a network, there's a lot of things that they could want to do. So the best guidance is to really pause and think about what is it about these devices that someone might want to affect, given the fact that these devices tend to be connected, whether consistently or periodically.
1: Yeah. So Fortunately, there have been no reported instances of patient harm as a result of medical device vulnerabilities, but research has confirmed significant vulnerabilities that may allow threat actors to manipulate medication doses, along with the emergence of killware or malware deployed with the intent to harm individuals. So there is evidence that patient harm is possible, but of course, providers can't just stop using these life-saving devices. Yeah. So what are some immediate strategies to ease concerns about medical device security and help providers to manage risks?
0: It's such a big question, right? And I think that even the question of medical devices in general come into categories, right? When it comes to protecting patient safety, I do think that one of the things that we want is for the patients to remain in contact with their providers so that they are aware of updates that need to be made. I think a patient has to be part of the equation for safety, unfortunately, and you don't want to remove an incredibly important tool for health, but at the same time, that tool, the connectivity of that tool provides value to your um, overall care, so that's important also. But once you're connected, you need to understand that vulnerabilities can happen. So I think patient education is huge. I think that provider education is also huge. There are different communities of providers, home health providers, caretakers, who need to understand if something seems to be off. I can see that even when a reading is uploaded to a provider to be evaluated, If the reading is really different than what's expected, one has to really question the viability of the reading. And is that a malfunction of the device? Is there something really changing with the patient? Or is there in fact something going on that's purposeful that needs to be looked at? Again, these are sort of scary scenarios and I don't like to represent cybersecurity in that fear landscape. I I feel like it's just a part of what we live with today. And it's part of the challenge that's associated to some tremendous benefits and advancements so we all have kind of a seat at that table. I do recommend that provider institutions and provider practices really take a moment to think about what devices are helping their patients that are connected to the outside world and have an inventory of those devices, maintain some understanding of what the manufacturers are putting out there in terms of patches and updates and things like that. It's gotta be sort of an active part of the maintenance of an environment.
1: Yeah, and it's definitely important that the end users or the patients who rely on these devices are aware of the risks associated with them, as you said. Yes, I know the FDA recently released a guide outlining best practices for communicating medical device vulnerabilities to patients and caregivers to make sure that patients who depend on these devices stay informed and protected. So how can providers effectively communicate those risks to patients in a clear and actionable way?
0: Yeah, well, one of the things that I think is interesting is that patients are actually starting to also have direct communication to the manufacturers of their devices not only of their devices, of the medications that they take, of the vaccines that go in their arms. The pandemic has created a heightened appreciation for understanding who the manufacturer is, of the medicines that you take, of the devices that you use, of the therapeutics that you use for whatever your situation is. So I do think that there's an opportunity for continuous improvement around the communication direct to consumer from the manufacturer It's a lot of pressure to put on the provider layer, Mm -hmm. right? Because providers change, people move, institutions reprioritize, specialists come into new places. There's all kinds of things that happen and that does appear to be pretty fluid, but the relationship between the consumer, in this case, the patient, and the manufacturer of the device that they have or rely upon is something that can persist. And I do think that what we see in pharmaceutical companies and medical device manufacturers today is an increase in their understanding of the communication direct to consumer that they need to implement. That's a little bit new. I do think that the pandemic has accelerated that, but it started before that. And I know I've had personal experience having conversations with manufacturers of devices that were under consideration for members of my family. And when you think about that, that's a little bit unusual. I think it's an interesting conversation to have. It's important conversation to have. And perhaps that's where the safety could come from is committing to that relationship between manufacturer and patient.
1: Yeah, definitely. It seems like there needs to be more of a focus on that transparency and relationship, open communication between the manufacturer and the
0: patient. Yeah, and the manufacturer is gonna identify vulnerabilities that maybe can be patched, maybe can't be, but they're likely to be the place where the vulnerabilities will be identified. So I think it kind of eliminates the middleman a little bit if the manufacturer pushes the update, just like with any other device that you get a notice about or a recall about or anything like that. I think that that relationship between patient and manufacturer is actually really important. Yeah. And fully digital, right? So it's not a heavy lift for anybody as long as it's likely an opt in kind of a model for the patient. So that's where patient education becomes very important.
1: Yeah. And kind of switching gears. I know a lot of medical devices are, considered to be at that end-of-life stage, meaning they can't be patched or updated, yeah. which makes them very susceptible to security incidents. Yep. So how can organizations mitigate those risks associated with end-of-life stage devices? Yeah,
0: it's tough, right? Because again, it's a risk-reward kind of a balance. We see this not only in the devices themselves, but even in the manufacturing processes that are out in the market. If you look at the different plants around the world and the controls that are rightfully applied to the manufacturing of medical-related equipment and therapeutics, there's a lot of control involved and oftentimes the computer systems that run the manufacturing process can't be patched anymore because no one wants to touch them. It's sort of a hands-off kind of thing. It's approved. It's running. It's cranking. So. I think the same is true as things come to end of life and can't be patched for security reasons, you have to go back to the basics. What threat actor would be interested in interfering with this is cybersecurity the reason why having this end of life device is something that should be challenged or is it really not so exposed to that kind of risk and therefore. It's okay as long as it's doing its job. It's a risk discussion in all cases because there won't be a one-size-fits-all. For me personally, an end-of-life device that is notched and yet is communicating externally in some way, is it time to upgrade, if you will? But it depends on what the impact is to the patient. You know, what would that procedure be and how invasive is it? and does the risk of the procedure itself outweigh the improvement in the device? So I think that in the case of medical devices and the security of them, I would say that it's a risk conversation similar to most others.
1: Definitely. And considering recent news and an overall increase in cyber attacks across the entire healthcare sector, how do you predict healthcare organizations might go about addressing medical device security risks in the near future?
0: I think that direction is to view health ecosystems as cooperative parts of the puzzle, right? We talked earlier about the communication between patient and manufacturer, we talked about manufacturer to provider institution, but I think it starts to become sort of like a graph, right? It's lots of things connected to lots of things. And the modern ways of connecting data and connecting information today affords us the ability to have this many-to-many connectivity. In the case of cybersecurity, what I advocate for is a continued push for the health sector at large to be cooperating with one another. And I think you see a lot of that. And I think that that comes from the heart of their motivations, which is patient safety. Right, quality patient outcomes is what drives all of them. And this can pull us together. And the reality is that vulnerabilities from a cybersecurity perspective that affect one product set is bad for everybody. No one wants to see bad outcomes as a result of a vulnerability. Certainly, we don't wanna see that. But we also don't wanna see impacts to manufacturing overall or a lack of availability of a particular therapeutic or anything that interrupts the health ecosystem overall is bad for everybody. So I think institutions like the Health ISAC, for example, are places where people come together, they share experiences around security vulnerabilities, both in terms of devices, but also providers and manufacturers of all different kinds of things and biotechs, every part of the ecosystem is there. So I would advocate for more leaning in to that ecosystem kind of approach. And I think that that's where directionally we need to continue to head.
1: Definitely, it seems like collaboration, open communication are really just good strategies for mitigating those risks across the entire industry. I think you also
0: see that in the industry, you have some haves and have nots, if you will, with respect to budget and applicability of that budget to some of these challenges. So when the industry bands together, you can learn about strategies that some of the institutions that are better funded have achieved. And at the end of the day, obviously there's competition and obviously there are commercial concerns, but the reality is that patient safety is at the center of it I think that the industry at large wants to make sure that these incidents are kept at bay. The problem is that what we're seeing with the huge increase in ransomware attacks in healthcare today, the attacks are many. They're happening a lot. They're affecting the ability for institutions to function and they're happening because they're working, right? So at the end of the day, these community-based collaborative approaches to understanding what's happening in the industry will help people think about which techniques are they most vulnerable to and try to minimize the the risk.
1: Definitely. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Any parting advice about (laughs) medical device security? So my parting
0: advice is always to really, really consider that risk discussion. What am I at risk to? Who are the threat actors that might be interested in what I'm doing? Who are the members of the ecosystem that are critical to my being able to provide quality care? So that goes to manufacturing, distribution, supply chain, R&D, clinical trials, all of those elements of the ecosystem are critical. So look around at that ecosystem, determine where there are particularly interesting things To the threat actors who are active in the market and set some risk-based priorities to be able to uh, protect the outcomes you're looking for
1: great well thank you for those valuable insights and thank you for joining us
0: thank you so much it's great to talk to you again
1: and for our listeners, we'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode. Feel free to reach out to me at jmckeon at That's J-M-C-K-E-O-N at extelligentmedia.com to share your thoughts or to suggest stories you would like us to consider covering in the future. And please head over to Apple Podcasts to give us five stars and a positive review if you enjoyed this episode. Thank you for listening.
0: This has been an Extelligent Healthcare Media production.